Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season four of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right. No co-host to rein me in. Just me, myself, and the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nazi V2 was a rocket-powered bomb traveling faster than the speed of sound. You couldn't hear it coming. A technological miracle, but a military and economic disaster for Nazi Germany. How did the V2 come into existence, and why were so many of the people it hurt not the people you might expect? Join me, Tim Harford, host of Cautionary Tales, for my gripping mini-series on the V2 rocket, available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. It's Monday, and I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I got a packed studio today. <clears throat> They're coming in live, y'all. They're coming in live. They're not on the phone. They can't hang up if they don't like a question I ask. You know, I got them, I got them handcuffed to the, to the, to the stools. And um, the great thing about Money Making Conversations, the grand that's brewing in the podcast world, Sirius XM 141, 142. You can hear this show on all HBCU campuses as well as Howard University, as well as a lot of platforms like Alexa. But more importantly, the show is about entrepreneurship. It's about branding. It's about getting word out about information that you need to know that you need to be aware of. And I allow my guests to come on the show and have an open forum about uh, communicating the value of what their what the, the venture or the uh, job or the career or the business that they're involved in and the importance of it in the community. My main thing about money-making conversation is bringing value to people who seem to be devalued. That's especially in minority community. And I always tell people that, uh, we all are good taxpayers. We also all pay a certain level of taxes, but we should be recognized for our value. And sometimes we aren't recognized for our value, and guess what? We're left out. And so money-making conversation is about giving information to individuals so they won't be left out. And so my next guest represents an organization that provides children facing adversity with strong and enduring, professionally supported, one-to-one mentoring relationships that ignite the power and promise of youth. Nearly half a million children in Metro Atlanta live in communities with low well-being. That's very important that I say that. Their vital mission is to recruit volunteers to become mentors to children facing adversity. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation the president and CEO of Big Brother, Big Sister Foundation, and volunteer recruitment manager of Greater Los Angeles, of Greater Atlanta, Kwame Johnson and Juliet Idochu. Yeah. 
I'm working for I'm getting these names straight. That's a hard last name, man. I don't know. I wouldn't try it. I would have said Julia. Look at that, man. I wouldn't have went for that last name. And she mouthed her name for me. I need the help. On the phone, she wouldn't have been no help. But welcome to my studio. First of all, how are you doing, Kwame? Oh, man, I'm great, man. It's Monday. I'm blessed to be here. We appreciate you giving us this opportunity to come in. Cool. And, uh, Juliet, you have a Nigerian heritage. Yes, yes. Um, first generation Nigerian-American. Crazy mm-hmm. story. I was born in America. Um, four days later, my parents moved back to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Almost mm-hmm. killed me, but thank God I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back to America when I was four years old. Absolutely. That's, that's great. Now, the, the initial question is, I got to ask you, Kwame, what is Big Brother Big Sister? So Big Brothers Big Sisters of Metro Atlanta is an amazing organization that is really helping young people reach their full potential through one-to-one mentoring relationships. So we match young people in need all across the metropolitan with what we call Big Brothers and Big Sisters. And these are men and women who've taken that challenge to really help a young person uh, through building a relationship. Uh, we you know, have great results of you know, kids going to the next grade level, uh, graduating high school, avoiding the criminal justice system. And it's really through that personal one-on-one relationship. And that's our sweet sauce, not only here in Atlanta, but across the country through all of our big brothers, big sisters. Well, you're a big brother. Yes. Let me slide over to a big sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the important role of young females mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, we have a lot of things going on out there. We have, uh, you know, slave trading going on out there so young females can get caught up into that. We have a street prostitution. Young mm-hmm. females can get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Young females can get caught up into that. Talk to me about that role of the big sister and volunteers, the importance of volunteers stepping into a young female's life. I'm not saying that young men aren't affected like that, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of more physical barriers that a female can get uh, abused in, mm-hmm. and uh, and we don't recognize or admit that publicly. Yeah, well, I can speak firsthand of being a former little sister. Mm-hmm. I'm still, if you want to technically call me a little sister, because I've been matched with my big since I was seven years old, and we still have a strong relationship now. Um, so I know firsthand of why this organization is so great. Um, unlike a lot of the kids that we serve, I came from an amazing family, mom, dad. It was just five of us. I was the middle child, and I was a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So my mm-hmm. big sister was there to just steer me in the right direction. Like I said earlier, being first-generation Nigerian, parents were really strict. And mm-hmm. I think my way of not listening to them was to be very rebellious. Mm-hmm. And certain areas that we we lived in, I started to go down the wrong path Mm -hmm. and it was so amazing to have my big sister emelita johnson hi emelita Mm -hmm. um who was there to 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 teach me and have those conversations that i couldn't have with my mom Mm -hmm. or my aunts because Mm -hmm. they were so strict um so i i I always tell ladies that yes we do talk about the boys a lot because Mm -hmm. we have that need for male mentors but um our young girls our little girls they need it as well with social media and self-esteem, do I want to look like Harley B, do I want to look like Nicki Minaj, and mm-hmm. just all these different things, right? This These kids are strong now because social media, I'm so happy I didn't have it um, when I was their age. But having that person to tell you that you don't have to look like that or dress like that to get any attention or to be special. So um, it's it's just important for our, our ladies as well to step up to to be mentors. Well, you know, I, the reason is we're showing your show is about entrepreneurship. Your show, why is, why is bringing a big brother, big sister organization on the show because it's about mentoring. Yeah. This is just people successful, males and females, who are in the entrepreneur world, academic world, career, career uh, success in the careers and employers and employees. This is the part of the game that I always say, the balanced life, the giving back. 
Yeah. That's why I have you two on the show to talk about Big Brother, Big Sister, and any other organization that leverages their relationship to empower our youth to be better citizens in this country through academics, through just lifestyle and personal well-being. Yeah. So what is when you see your role, your overall role, what disappoints you and what excites you about how people are, are come to the Big Brother, Big Sister Foundation? Yeah, so you know, you know, my my role I think is to be an example to young people that whatever you want to achieve in life is possible. Outside right. of my role as a CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters, I've been in that life, had challenges my, my of my own, and and I'm happy to be here because you know it could have went the wrong way and I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. But you know what what is you know always on my mind about Atlanta is just the challenges that kids in poverty face in Atlanta. If you're born in poverty in Atlanta, you have a four percent chance to make it out. Right. And how is that possible in a city like Atlanta with all the history uh, to, for that to be possible? The flip side of that is I know that 99 percent of our kids avoid the criminal justice system. I know 95 percent graduate high school. And if you look at all the data, the fastest way out of poverty is a high school diploma. Well, you know, the thing about it, OK, I'm a, I'm a member of Omega Sci-Fi fraternity. Yeah. So when I hear and when I when I, of all male fraternity is service, yeah. especially service community. Mm-hmm. What involvement are you guys pursued? potential involvement of male fraternities. Yeah, we, we do a lot of work with, with all the different fraternities, and they do great work. Um, and we've had recruiting events where mm-hmm. we had the Omegas, the Alphas, the Kappas mm-hmm. uh, come in and, and help recruit men. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of those organizations also have mentoring organizations, mm-hmm. mentoring programs already. Mm-hmm. So we provided guidance to them to help them do their, their work better. Mm-hmm. So we look at all types of affinity groups to bring them in, and it's really getting in front of the right folks and right. saying, hey, this is what we're doing. How can we partner? Can we help you with your mentoring program? Mm-hmm. Can you help us recruit mentors? Um, and it's worked really great. So mm-hmm. we've had a lot of success. We just launched a partnership with the mayor's office right. called 100 Men to Mentor Challenge, where the mayor issued so a 100 Men to Mentor. 100 Men to Mentors Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mayor Bottoms, as a part of her My Brother's Keeper initiative, which is a big part of One Atlanta, mm-hmm. equity, making Atlanta a great city for everybody, has partnered with us to match 100 boys on our waiting list in the city of Atlanta. Okay. And that challenge went out. Over 200 men have raised their hand and have come in and are now going through our process. So those are unique ways we can process, partner. Screening, their background screening, screening and all, screen, that. Mm-hmm. all that. So to get to the meat and bones of what it would take to become a big brother or big sister for the folks in the room and who are listening, we, you have to first agree to do one year, right? We know if you come into a young kid's life for less than a year, you're going to do more damage. Right. So that's that's the non-negotiable. Can you do this for a year? We want you to do it longer than that. Most matches last three years. We've had matches last 10 years. We've had matches open up Flip Burger on Hal Mill um, to go back to the entrepreneur piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ask you for at least eight hours a month. Can mm-hmm. you spend eight hours a month? I do it. My little's eight, and I make the time to make it happen. And then we get to know you. We screen you. Of course, we want to make sure you're safe for kids. And then we match you with a young person of your preference, uh, uh, to make it happen, and through that relationship, magic happens. When you say when you say you match, let's talk about that. Yeah, you use the word preference. Yeah. talk to us about. Yeah, that. so if you've you know ever heard of Match. dot com or those kind of places, right. <laughs> you know uh, relationships are based on you know uh, preferences mm-hmm. and what you like and what that person likes. And we use that same technology and in, in, in thinking in our matches because we mm-hmm. want the matches to last again. So you may want to work with a young person who's ten, who's in the you know entrepreneurship. And maybe he wants to get into this business at some point. Mm-hmm. So we would find that right match for you. We right. wouldn't just say, hey, here's this kid. You know, and we'd also make sure that that young person lives near you because we know that matters within 15 miles of where you live. So we know we have kids in College Park, South Fulton, different parts of the city uh, that are waiting longer than other kids. Mm-hmm. But we use that preference and all that to make the match. And then we actually support you with a coach. 
So not only are you matched, you have someone who will walk alongside you in that match to make sure you're successful. So you're not learning on the fly. You're not learning on the fly. Situations come up all the time. Every day, you know, you might want to call into us and say, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this situation. What do you think? Or, hey, I need some tickets to the Hawks game. Can you make it happen? That's what we provide well, you to like you. That, huh? yeah, we provide to the all Hawks to you. The, <laughs> Hawk the, the Hawks gonna be on fire this year. I'm like, well, let's talk about this off air, man. I'm, I'm signing up 100. All you need is 100. Okay, maybe it's just 99. I need, I need about 400 total. But yeah. oh, four, just 99 right now. Just, uh, down to 99 right now. Rashawn just signed up. The Hawks brought me in. Oh, know? the Hawks brought you, you in. Alley ooping to the rim, you know. <laughs> but that's but that's how you get everything. Like I lo- I love the fact that you understand. Why people will give up or quit or yeah. distance driving? You you sign up for a kid who is into athletics and he's not. You ain't got time for that. You want you know. It's just making sure that there's a like minded relationship. Yeah. So it's a long term relationship. Uh, again, you know, we've talked about I, we've talked about boys a lot. Yeah. Let's go back to the girls programs. Mm-hmm. I want to get that out because I have a 22 year old daughter who I lo- love to death. And yeah. She's not part of this program, but I know how responsible. My wife and I role has been in her life mm-hmm. and getting her to where she's at right now. Yeah. And she's still growing. Yeah. The, the programs are available for these young, young ladies. No, it's, it's same age group. Same age group. Yeah. So the programs are pretty open, like um, for both boys and girls. We have different activities for it. We have Saturday activities, like Kwame said, because of a lot of uh, our employer partners. We give out a lot of tickets. If it's we had Color Purple last year, if it's Medieval Times, if it's a game. We the great thing about your match support specialist is that they know you. Mm-hmm. So whatever you or your matcher is is into, mm-hmm. she'll call you. He'll call you and be like, "Hey, Mike, I know that you and um, Jamal like football. We have we Arthur Blank donated thirty tickets, and mm-hmm. I know that you and your match been doing mm-hmm. so great. I want to give you guys these tickets. Are you interested in going? So um, no matter what you're into, no matter what kind of questions that you may have, our match support specialists are there. Um, to help you out throughout the process. Okay, she just said the Falcons, Atlanta United. Okay, okay. Stem, stem trucks. We have uh, <laughs> we have different art projects that we do in the office. We we keep you active. Yeah. Like, okay, I don't consider myself a celebrity. I, I I am well known. So what about celebrities participating in Big Brother Big Sister? I got to bring that out because it feels like that in Atlanta. This is a growing entertainment base. It's always been known for strong hip hop and entertainment values here, and a lot of artists. African American based, uh, Latino based are living here now. Yeah. Well, how are you recruiting those? Yeah, and we've you know really done well with different uh, celebrities around town. We just had our annual picnic where we had hundreds of bigs and littles come out mm-hmm. and celebrate. And uh, young Jock stopped, stopped by, who's an honorary big. Uh, Hugh Parker, one twelve, stopped by. Angel McCartry with the the WNBA, the Dream, has been a part of the work. Uh, there are That's a number. Girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I challenged her to a one-on-one. I still haven't gotten that. Uh, <laughs> that. You know, I know she's back now, but oh, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, she's so. claiming that knee, that knee, that knee. Give <laughs> her a little bit more time. I know we, we slowing you know. down. I want to make sure we get the contact information. I only got like forty seconds left. Yes. Please tell us how we can reach out to you, social media and number wise. Yeah. So go to our website, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Metro Atlanta, which is bbbs three bs s atl dot org. Uh, we are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, you can reach out, follow us. It's very easy to sign up on our website. You click on the tab that says Become a Big, and it gives you all the steps. Uh, come into our office, learn more, make sure it's a good fit for you. We appreciate you bringing, on the, bringing us on the show to make this happen. I appreciate you, Julia. Um, ten seconds. Yeah, ten seconds. Um, if your corporation, your organization wants to get involved with Big Brothers to Big Sisters, feel free to reach out to the organization, reach out to me, and I will come out and recruit you and your team to become bigs. She's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be back with more Money Making Conversation. 
Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www.rashawnmcdonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, coworker, or relative. Spread the word today. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, The universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. It's good to have a money making conversation with somebody that make money. (laughs) Usually. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. I said it correct, y'all. Rashawn McDonald. Rashawn McDonald. See? Still the same name. It's what you do in life with that name that makes a difference. And when you make a difference, people take note. All my life, I've just been um, trying to be Rashawn. Trying to be my father's name, Russian. I decided I didn't want to be Russian. I want to be Rashawn. He accepted it after a while because everybody kept calling me Rashawn. <laughs> but the key is in life is what people expect of you and then you deliver. I That's called motivating yourself to be a winner. And I've always felt that uh, my parents allowed me to be Rashawn. They allowed me to be myself, allowed me to make my own decisions. Some people might take that as saying, hey, they should have been there for you in every every corner, should have should have assisted your ability to be successful. It, what do you define as success? Some people define success as a lot of money. Some people define success as a big house, a car, the amount of food they can consume. So find your lane and be consistent about it. Then you can be successful. And don't define how much sleep you get or how much sleep you don't get. That's how much you can be successful. Some people look at me in the schedule I have. I get up at 4.15 a.m. on a daily basis, and I've learned that if I don't get up at 4.15, I'm, I'm physically trained that I become very dysfunctional if I get up at 6 o'clock because I miss some valuable uh, time, or preparation time. I've learned that I need two hours to get my life rolling, and after that, I'm, I'm good. But, uh, but knowing that, um, it's what you need to get your life ready. When I bring people on my show, I try to allow them to speak about their success stories. I also speak about those moments in their life where they felt a, uh, felt a lot of doubt, a lot of uh, ability to not feel successful, they, that their dreams were being questioned, their efforts were being questioned, their ability to be successful were being questioned. That's what Money Making Conversations is all about. My next guest, first time on my show. First time on my show. But I've watched her many, many times. My next guest is the fastest American woman in the history at 400 meters. Right there, you know that's something I can't do, male or female. I can never be the fastest. I cannot be the fastest talker, the fastest eater. I definitely could not be the fastest person on the track. She is a Jamaican-American former track and field athlete who completed internet, who competed internationally for the United States. In addition to her track prowess, she is also an entrepreneur, TV personality, public speaker, and humanitarian. She's the founder of the Sonia Richards Ross Fast Track Program in Kingston, Jamaica, which has provided over 700 children with literacy training, physical education, physical education, and healthy meals. The key is a healthy meal. Her sports clinics we educate, empower, and provide youth with tools and strategies to excel both on and off the track. 
please welcome to Money Making Conversations my good friend. I'm calling my friend because she's doing things in life that I respect. Sonia Richards Ross. Oh, thank you so much, Rashawn. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I've heard a bunch of the conversations you've had and also followed you, so thanks for having me. Well, first of all, where are you at right now? What part of the country, the world, the state? Where are you at? So we can just landmark that first. So I'm in Austin, Texas. This is where I live. I've been here since I came to the University of Texas for college. Mm-hmm. So I am home in Austin, Texas. Now you, but you do your, your but your foundation, your clinic is in Kingston, Jamaica, correct? That's right. Okay. Is it, do you do you do you do the same thing in Austin, Texas, where you're home, or you just feel there's a need for it in in Jamaica? Well, no. So my husband and I do clinics. We've done clinics all over the country. Mm-hmm. But the main clinic that I started in, I guess that was 2009 mm-hmm. in Kingston, Jamaica. I'm from Jamaica, like right. you mentioned at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really pulled at my heartstrings was when I was traveling a lot and I would compete in Jamaica every year, I started to hear that illiteracy was rising in my country. And one of the things that I always was so proud of was the education I received in Jamaica. And so um, as you can imagine, money goes a lot further in a third world country like Jamaica. And so mm-hmm. I just put some money and I got a bunch of other friends to help me and some other great organizations to support us. And we were able to start a really significant program there. So um, the one in Jamaica was the biggest one. And then we've done my husband does football camps in Tyler, Texas, San Antonio. I've done a camp in Florida. Um, but the one that I had the most staying power and the most longevity was our, our camp in, in Kingston, Jamaica. Great. I was just in Jamaica, vacation. I was at the Half Moon Resort, you know, some one of my favorite yes. places to stay, you know. Nice. Got me some good food, you know what I'm saying, some good... Yes, yes. yes. Some ba, good ba, jerk ba, ba. pork, you know, some beef <laughs> patties, you know, girl. <laughs> and so I had a good time, so I just got back, so it's really great talking about it. Here's my number one question to you. When does an athlete stop being an athlete? Ooh, that is a really good question, you know. You get interviewed all the time, and you're always like, oh, it's going to be the same old question. No one has ever asked me that. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think the answer to that, Rashad, is you never do. You never do. I think that being an athlete is so much more than just running on a track or dunking a basketball. I think it's a lifestyle. And um, and so I, I feel like I'm still an athlete today, you know, whether it's being a mom or an entrepreneur or some of the other things that I do. I have carried so many of the lessons and experiences that I've learned from sports. And so... I still feel like an athlete right now. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the things I always admired about track athletes, the, the fast track athletes, which those abs, you know, oh, my God. Yeah. The, 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 the six packs, the 14 packs, the 30 packs. Because is it because of the lifting those knees, those legs, and at that rapid <laughs> rate, you kind of like doing those, those stomach crunches and everything when you're flying around that track? Because, you know, y'all just be showboating. With the, with the abs, yeah. it's just, just ridiculous. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both, Rashawn. Like, of course, running every day and the movements that we do, but I actually did a 1,000 sit-ups every day, five days a week for the majority of my career. Um, so those abs were not only, I guess, beautiful, but they were very functional um, because the 400, uh, like you mentioned, that was my expertise. I'm the American record holder. Painful. 400. Painful. <laughs> Painful, exactly. And in order to run the final hundred well you really need to have a strong core so i did a lot of training to to get those six pack abs i i miss them <laughs> i want them back okay wait 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 wait. you just said an athlete has never stopped okay you're talking about you, you're slipping there <laughs> See, let people talk yes. they'll tell you what they hit right there at the <laughs> banana banana splits and everything a thousand you did a thousand 
crutches or yes. was, was it the leg raises or, you know, because some people cheat when they say a thousand sit-ups. Would you put the, 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 the lock fingers behind the head sit-up? What type of sit-ups were you doing? I was doing all kinds of, uh, we call it, we would say I would do same core exercises. I would do the traditional core. We would do weighted core. Oh, yeah. We would do planking, time, oh, timed core, oh, med ball core, physio oh. ball core, all oh. kinds of different core exercises, focusing on the front core and also the back. A lot of people forget that your back is a part of your core and yes. a part of your stability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of core training on my back as well. Well, you know, it's really interesting when I, when I look at athletes who are as accomplished as you. You know, because of the fact that, you know, there are, you, you can look at different things and become seasonal. Is, is there such a thing that's a seasonal period for a track athlete? No, I mean, I feel like we don't train, train year-round. When I was training competitively, I would take four to six weeks off every year. But mm-hmm. even in that time, even though, yes, I wasn't running or in the gym, I, I was still operating like a high-level athlete. So I was still trying to eat well and resting well and still taking care of my body. So I don't think there's anything... As a seasonal professional athlete, I think that um, if you're maybe a professional athlete, it's a, a you know it's a year-round commitment, uh, and you're always thinking about trying to get the best out of your body, even in the off season. Well, you know, because of the fact that you know when I think about just trying to be in shape, and I'm gonna tell you something. I'm the worst person. You hang out with me, um, you really be going, Rashawn, ridiculous the way you eat. <laughs> you know, because I, I fool people. You know, I look like I'm in shape, and then they go. Really? Yes, you do. Really? really? You eat desserts <laughs> before you eat your meal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so stop looking at me like I'm crazy because that's going to happen all the time. And so do you Do you train people or do you do you, do people? Because people come to you, I'm sure, you know, because I've looked at your resume. But what do, what do you do when people ask for training advice or, or just look at you and they say, well, oh, you know, I'm from Jamaica. You know, it's just God-given. You know, I, I just uh, I, I do my thousand sit-ups. I've, I've got fast feet. This is my life. What yeah, do you well, do? Because I mean, people just assume that you just were given it, you know, and that's that's an insult yeah. to what you have achieved as an athlete, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, the God-given talent is just the basis um, and the foundation that you have to build on if you want to be a great athlete. And so I was definitely born and gifted with uh, with speed. Yes, but, that, I mean, so many hours of work and commitment to be able to be the best in the world. And you also asked if I coach other athletes and stuff. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the amazing coaches I've had throughout my entire career, but right. I am not cut out to be a coach. I know. So, Don't feel bad. You know, Don't feel bad. You yeah, but, but one of the things I do love and I'm really passionate about is mentoring young athletes. And so whenever mm-hmm. athletes reach out to me or any athlete that's kind of been in my sphere, uh, whether here in Austin, the UT athletes or some of the young professionals, I'm always excited about helping to mentor them, to guide them through that transition from the collegiate ranks into the professional ranks. But I don't coach athletes, and if athletes, young athletes reach out to me on social media or DM me, I always try to send them back with encouragement or something that I feel I could share that might help them get over the hump. But as far as coaching, I don't think that's something. I, I never say never, but it's Absolutely. not something that is in my near future. Okay, now, Mommy Nation, okay. before we get off the air, Mommy Nation, how can uh, individuals connect with that? So the first thing is I would love for them to check out the actual blog. So it's mommy with an I, not a Y, mommynation.com, where we have – over 300 blogs on pregnancy, on life after mar- after divorce, just everything. We're trying to cover the full breadth of what motherhood um, and being a mom and being a woman and a wife looks like. So you can connect with us there. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but I also would love to invite any mom who either blogs, doesn't blog, 
if they ever want to contribute to our platform, we're always looking for new moms to write blogs and to share their stories to encourage other moms. So, But, of course, the main place to check us out is mommynation.com. We'll talk soon. Good luck. I would, so I would say keep running, but, you know, you're not running anymore. So keep keep, <laughs> keep being a mom. <laughs> yes, that's right. Thank Stay you awesome. so much. What a treat to, to connect with you. And I definitely, definitely would love to connect with you when we're in Atlanta. So yeah. we'll make sure that happens. We'll make sure that happens. Good luck. we talk soon. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. It's good to have a money-making conversation with somebody that make money. <laughs> Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Chris Paul. I think for me, I've always looked at basketball as a tool. Like, I love the game more than anybody, but I always say basketball is what I do. It's not who I am. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. You know, got some people in here. This is a foodie interview right here now. So, you know, everybody know I get excited about my food. I have a program, I have a something called Rashawn Eats, where I go and I list uh, exciting restaurants all over the country, whether I've been there or not. or I've been to most of them. Mm-hmm. And this restaurant that I'm talking about today, I posted on Rashawn McDon- at Rashawn McDonald on my Facebook page before I even went there because it was so highly recommended. And I finally went there last week, and they lived up to the hype. You know, you you know, you, it's, it's kind of hard. Sometimes people hype. They talk, oh, man, you got to get the, you got to get the, the beach cobbler French toast, you know, that, that the chicken biscuits, man. You got to get that that breakfast bowl. And then you go in there, and, you know, but they lived up there. Because I got a, I got, I got a, my table, you know, it was just filled with plates. And so my guests uh, uh, sitting next to me in the studio today, uh, you know, they, and I read that you reopened the uh, Atlanta Breakfast Club, which is, I want to say downtown. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the owners of Atlanta Breakfast Club, Anthony Sanders and Osiris Ballard. Thank you, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. Can you get close to the mic? Absolutely. Because see, uh, see, I, re- I want to talk to Anthony real quick because mm-hmm. I had a question in my uh, portal said, "Are we allowed to use profanity?" So I want to know. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've I've done this show for two years. I've never had a question like that in my portal. Are mm-hmm. we allowed? I'm trying to figure. Well, do I need to get the button ready for you? Or what's going on there, Anthony? What's going on, brother? No, I just always want to kind of, when people, you know, if I'm ever going to use my platform to tell my story, you know, okay. I have some great stories and I have some not so great stories. Okay, and some salt in it? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> d- depending on who's my audience, depends on who's listening, you know, I'm, depends on how we got Okay, we're going to keep the salt out of this conversation. Yes, sir. So, Cyrus, we good? <laughs> was it any profanity, uh, words of choice that I need to screen you on before we can start with this interview? 
Uh, no, not at all. Well, good. Okay, cool. Good. I just want to get that out of the way because I, I I've it. never seen that in my portal, <laughs> and I went, wow, that's pretty strong. Let me get that out of the way first because I can handle it because I was, I'm a, I could say I'm a former, I'm a still in my stand-up comedy. I did Def Comedy Jam. I've done, uh, Steve Harvey was my opening act when I started doing stand-up comedy. So I've used the words the salty words on stage. So I'm not, I don't run from that language. So they made, I made a lot of money talking like that. But for the general public, they FTC will take, take me off the hat. So let's talk about these food. Let's talk about my experience of going to your restaurant, the Atlanta Breakfast Club. You know, my staff immediately said, first of all, like I stated earlier, it has been featured. If you go to bakerspotlight.com and click Rushan Eats, you'll see, click breakfast, you'll see your restaurant will pop up. Um, my board producer, uh, he highly recommended it. You know, you know people recommend stuff, Anthony Osiris. They yes. get a, they get aggressive. You know, they touch you. Mm-hmm. You know, people they touch you. You know, you better go. You know, they, I go, okay, you touching me, man? It, 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 are you forcing <laughs> me to go? Because he he felt the food was that good. He said well, there was always a line there. Then my staff came to me and they said, Rashawn, they want to make sure that when you come, that you let them know ahead of time. I said, I don't I don't do that. I want to go in there and enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. The experience was amazing. Okay, so so when I got there, you know, I had to, I drove around trying to find me a place to park. All right, because it's right over there by the Georgia Aquarium, correct? Yes. Okay, then I realized you just park right across the street at the Georgia Aquarium. That's why I wound up parking right across the street. It was comfortable, it was easy. Then I walked across the street. Uh, that, that was that hotel, the Spring Hill Suites. Yes, sir. I was walking mm-hmm. up the street from Spring Hill Suites to the restaurant, Atlanta Breakfast Club. I smelled this aroma of. Great food. I, w- I almost felt like they had a fan in front of my face, you know, with the food. Just let me know. And then I got there. There was a, a there was a line. It wasn't a, a line that turned me away, but there was a line, which is a good thing, you know. You, that means you you want to be in places that you can't mm-hmm. get in sometimes because you, you want to figure out why they want to get in before you. So uh, the 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 uh, staff was uh, was was gracious. Put me down. Uh, they spoke. I, I sat down and with my staff, I took uh, I took uh, Samantha and I took uh, Dale. I told them, hey man. Cause you have great pictures because you have on your, on your screens you have like uh, uh, pictures of different food and people having a good time and different events and things like that and then on your menu I said I, I, I could just I said just let me order so I ordered uh, the peach cobbler french toast okay that's all who made that one up who who made that one up? I'm the chef oh, oh you sh- oh, okay don't do oh, okay yeah, oh, sorry, I'm sorry but okay. oh no don't be don't be Said, I love my lanes. <laughs> hey, 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 don't be looking over at Osiris. I made that one. Okay, so now that's a combination of, 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 of peach cobbler and French toast. How did that come about now? Because, you know, you can talk to me. Um, how it came about, I think, you know, it's just just a, the thought process, education of, of food. Mm-hmm. What we wanted was something was ATL, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, right. We wanted something that spoke indigenous to the city. Mm-hmm. We wanted peaches. We wanted peach. Uh, we wanted cobbler. We wanted brown sugar we wanted cinnamon we mm, wanted yeah. but we wanted audacious though yeah. we didn't want to just have it just a regular peach cobbler right. or regular french toast so we combined it through being in the breakfast industry okay let me just tell you something that. that that that'll work in uh new orleans yeah that'll work in houston that'll work in dallas that'll work in chicago so so i'm letting you know you might think it's authentic or made it for the georgia peach of atlanta georgia it <laughs> i'm from houston texas boy <laughs> that worked for me. I could took that home to my my sisters. All of them, they the child down on that. So you got something working there, right there. So that's why people coming all over the country to your place. Okay. Then I had the uh, that, that 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 breakfast bowl. Tell me about how the breakfast bowl came about. Well, um, it's uh, it's, it's tell grits. everybody what's in that breakfast bowl. 
It's grits. It's eggs. Right it's... there, right there. I'm a grit man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a grit man. I have six sisters, two brothers, straight out of Fifth Ward, Texas. My wife, she knows. She was talking about grits yesterday, brother. She said, "You, because I only want, like my grits a certain way. And brother, y'all brought it. Thank you, thank you. I mean, <laughs> people don't understand this is such an art behind hey, grits, brother, man. Brother, it's some people out there. It's some people. I'm telling you yeah. something, man. I was in this lounge, okay? You know, one of these lounges, one of these lounges, you can, you know, you fly a lot, they let you in these lounges. And somebody decided to put grits out there. Oh, no, they did not know what they were doing. I called the people in the back. I said, excuse me, before y'all ruin other people's lives eating these grits, get them out of here. Wow. So you know what I'm talking about. Yes, Everybody sir. cannot make grits. Come mm-hmm. Let's talk about it because y'all can make grits over there, bro. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, it's like how if you're from, we're from the South, man. We're from Florida. We're both from Florida. So whether he was doing you grits. You're Osiris. Or, yeah, Osiris from mm-hmm. Miami. I'm from North Florida. Oh, you way down. He can't get no more frozen. Yeah, so that's, that's, you know. <laughs> But uh, there's nothing like a good bowl of grits, man, because grits grits take patience. Mm-hmm. You can't expedite the process. Oh, no. So oh, no. it being made correctly. Yes, sir. People that, you know, you don't know why you appreciate a good bowl of grits until you've seen the process because your bowl of grits might be, oh, I cook them really nice and they had a good brand. They're, mm-hmm. they're stone ground. Mm-hmm. But my, my grits are who came up with grits. Mm-hmm. I, I, saw, I saw a woman. With, with rocks in her hand, grating corn mm-hmm. to add water to why the men were in the field mm-hmm. to survive. That's where grit starts with me. Mm-hmm. Grits tell a story of how mm-hmm. do we even get here? How are you at this table right now? Right. Because someone took the took the, the byproduct of corn and rubbed it together till it was nothing. Mm-hmm. And they added water and they found salt and they stirred it up and they fed 20 people with it. So that's what grits are to mm. me. So people that value I grits, I in you value too, the process, right? I put my butt in there, buddy. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> I put a little pep on that. Absolutely. Now, when I was younger, my mom would throw some bacon grease on top of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> woo. Okay, look okay, let me, let me, let me, let me. Then I had to, then you, then you, oh, well, we're running out of time here on the first break. Salmon croquettes. <laughs> now, let me tell you something, man. See, see, I, dude, that's all I grew up on was salmon croquettes. So, so when Samantha said, Rishon, they got your food over here, I said, we got to get the croquettes. How did that make it to the menu, brother? Because it's not everybody. That, everybody it might be south, but everybody's not serving salmon croquettes now. No. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, us Florida boys, we grew up on oh, fishing yeah. grits. See, there you go. Man. Like fried fishing grits, there you like go. mullet and catfish and there snapper you go. and groupish. So, you starting to make me cry. Here, now man. I get it, you know. Some of us grew this up. This Atlanta with- Breakfast Club. This is the executive chef here. <laughs> Osiris, he back there. He hadn't said anything because he letting him have the flow because he know I'm over here crying. <laughs> Looking at this man here. You know, I'm about to go. I'm, I'm be leaving the day. Y'all close to three, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> See, I'll be, we be over there before three. <laughs> See, they know I pay, so they might open up me a little oh. table. <laughs> Not that I know them, you know. Well, the, the salmon, you know, it was, it's something that's indigenous to Georgia, I think. It's mm-hmm. to kind of respect where you are. Uh, but we're not gonna. We didn't use canned salmon. We want to use the freshest salmon. We Absolutely. Use, we want to mm-hmm. use fresh herbs because that's how we could take our fine dining and visit experience and mm-hmm. to convert that into a uh, quaint breakfast food. Good. Now, Osiris, you've been very uh, nice sitting back there. You're the co-owner of the Atlanta Breakfast Club. You know, you said when he said he's the executive chef. Mm-hmm. You know, you say, "Hey, Rashawn, I know my lane." Yeah. Okay. What is your lane when it comes to the uh, good company? Good for the good food in the company. Yes, sir. Right. Right. Well, you know, it's um, it's a it's an interesting lane because it uh, pours over into a lot of what he does. But 
you know, for me, I've been a student of all the great food that he's produced and mm-hmm. the ingredients mm-hmm. and the various menu concepts mm-hmm. that he's also produced. So I've learned in this kind of structure, I've learned how to incorporate the, my business function with how, how do we grow this brand effectively, but using these key ingredients and profiling um, him as an executive chef mm-hmm. on a whole nother level in terms of creating that platform that's timeless. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's about doing something new and fresh, even on, even in, on the business side of it. Mm-hmm. So that's been fun. That's been interesting. Um, I mean, we talk about it every day, right? It, it's, it's, we, there's a lot of stress involved in what we do, but it's manageable. Right. And I, I don't know if anyone ever realized, but this is some exciting stress, right? It, it's pretty Absolutely. exciting. Right. And, you know, the 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 titling song living your best life you know we that's what we are truly doing mm-hmm. so when we came when our paths crossed we both came from backgrounds of hard learned lessons right and mm-hmm. truly we were prepared uh in those in those lessons we've been we've been prepared for this moment for this time and now we're just um excited about all the opportunities because i, I can tell you this every opportunity that that is before us mm-hmm. has walked through those doors on 249 Ivan Allen Jr. Boulevard at the Atlanta Breakfast Club. Osiris, you mm-hmm. guys about to open a new location. Tell us about why you opened a new location. Does it make you nervous you're going to open a new location? And how do you promote that new location so it won't, get, you know, won't, won't take away from your, your primary location? Right. Well, <clears throat> the, the why is, is simple. It's because uh, we're blessed to have people like yourself <laughs> who demand a great product in many different areas and locations. So we, we definitely have to answer the call for that. Um, it, it's a, it's a twist on the food concept in itself. It's more of an abbreviated version mm-hmm. of what we're doing now at Atlanta breakfast club. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, it is a truly exciting venture. Um, the interesting thing though, with this particular location is it is a um, historic building on 340 Auburn Avenue, mm-hmm. down the street from Ebenezer Baptist Church. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, um, we sat down one day, we looked at it, and and although you get a location, most times people, you know, the idea is let's do the same thing we did here. You know, we're, we're pretty gutsy. You know, we figured, you know, let's create a different concept. And this concept involves a craft, a nitro craft beverage mm-hmm. that, through other relationships we've been able to cultivate. Mm-hmm. So this new location is dubbed as the Atlanta Breakfast Club Chicken and Waffles uh, Nitro Coffee Counter. Um, so this this is a combination of great coffee, mm-hmm. nitro craft mm-hmm. beverages, mm-hmm. and specialty chicken and waffles mm-hmm. in terms of just how he has crafted that food concept mm-hmm. and, and marry the two. Thank you for coming up, show. I know you guys are busy. Got a line at the door right now waiting on y'all. But I appreciate you. You're all about business. You're all about business, too. And know the money-making conversation is your home. Atlanta Breakfast Club is the place thank to go. You, eat. Thank you, Thank, thank you, you, thank you. Thank I'm, you. I'm, and I'm you posting on Rashawn Eats again this week, too. Thank you. <laughs> hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. 
Check out his new website. That's www.RashawnMcDonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, coworker, or relative. Spread the word today. Visit RashawnMcDonald.com. My next guest is on the phone. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've been waiting on this young lady. She's a, she's a star. She's a star. Let me give you the intro so we can get rolling right quick. Because I got two breaks with her. My next guest is a serial entrepreneur. One who comes up. Let me tell you what a serial entrepreneur is. One who comes up with an idea, gets the company started, then goes on, then goes on to a new venture. People say that about me. You know, I, I just, not that I'm bored. I just feel that this, this if you do it right, why, why should you stay focused on that if you have something else that excites you that is in your mind to create. She currently has three restaurants, three restaurants in full operations, a spa salon, a salon spa, and suite located in the heart of downtown, a popular female dating app called Girl Talk. There's no stopping this powerful and influential businesswoman. We have seen many advances of how black women are rising to the top in industries such as music, entertainment, film, and thanks to my guest, hospitality. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the owner of Dillard Hospitality Group, Snoop. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be on this call right now. Come on now. I'm going to tell you something, Snoop. Um, you are a version of me. Because you don't know how to sleep, girl. You don't know how Not to sleep. Not at all. <laughs> you know, it's really, but you know, I don't, I don't consider, when people ask me all the time uh, how many hours I get, you know, I just tell people I go to bed when I feel like going to bed, but I do wake up at the same time every day. And right, right. You know, that's key because a lot of people think you can just drift your times. You know, you I get mm-hmm. up. No, you can't. Talk about that whole process of a day in the life of you. And then I want to talk about uh, your, your foundation. And because I got you for two breaks, so I want to talk about a number of things. I also want to talk about the money making Mondays that you do as well. So let's talk about a, a day in your life, Snoop. A day in my life, so um, generally, so, you know, as we know, today is Monday. So normally on Mondays, I meet with all of my GMs and my higher-ups and um, just make sure we're on the same page, talk about any issues, any to-dos, anything we want to improve on, and then I kind of make my rounds and check on the businesses. And so um, throughout the week, um, I kind of – I really am very organized, and I kind of run myself on a set schedule. So. Mm That's what I do on Mondays, Tuesdays. I normally get out and look at real estate properties mm-hmm. and um, take care of a couple of other little meetings. Sometimes I'm going to do business consultations mm-hmm. um, on Tuesdays. Um, on Wednesdays, I normally work on my app. And then Friday is generally kind of my personal day. Thursday is kind of a cleanup day. <laughs> um, just going to the businesses and making sure that they're executing the way that we need to be. Now, with that being said, on Mondays, I do money-making conversations. Then you do money-making Mondays on your Instagram account. That's why I know it's synergy. We're going to talk one day, okay? So tell us how did money-making Mondays start on your Instagram account? Yes, so money-making Mondays. um, I started that maybe about four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And pretty much what it is is it's a platform, a free platform for me to be able to give um, advice to other entrepreneurs or or aspiring entrepreneurs 
Um, and so what I do is um, it's a lot of storytelling, telling my story and how it is that I get to where I am today. Um, and it's an open platform. I do it live on my Instagram um, and answer various questions, you know, from other individuals out there. So mm-hmm. um, it gives gives people kind of that one-on-one time and access to me. Right. Because, see, that's why I started Money Making Conversation started on my Facebook page. And so oh, uh, nice, when I was nice. managing Steve Harvey, you know, people was always coming up to me. Can you mentor me? Can you, can I call uh-huh. you? You know, the same, that's why she knows the same things happen to her all the time. You know, can you, can you, can I get your number? Can I get your emails? Hold up, hold up. Money Making <laughs> Mondays, okay? 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my Instagram account at who is Snoop. You can, you can get online and then you can follow me. And then you can ask me any questions. I mentor you through my Instagram account. That's what she's saying. And then she gets, then other people have similar questions. And she can answer thousands of people or hundreds of people at the same time from an expert standpoint. Because generally, people have the same question. They have the same, how do I start a business? How do I avoid taxes? How do I employment? All all the things that the people need to know. But the fact that you're taking time, because I know that's why I started this radio show, because I know on my Instagram account, I was just doing, I wasn't even doing it live. See, she's smart. She's doing it live when she can talk. I was doing a chat. So, you know, I was chatting. Somebody asked me a question. They want to know another question. Another, another, they're about six, eight questions down before I wrapped up with that one person. So I know uh-huh. the value of what you're talking about. But, again, it's still about giving information to people, not charging for the information, you know, taking advantage of the blessings given to you. You're returning it with this information portal called Money Making Mondays. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about Dillard Hospitality Group. That's you. How did it come about? You know, I said earlier, you're a serial entrepreneur. Talk about different business businesses that you have under that umbrella. Yeah, so I've been an um, entrepreneur um, for the past 11 years, ever since I was about, um, I went to Vanderbilt at age 16, graduated at 20, and um I've been owning businesses ever since about a year after college. And so um, once I kind of had my trial and error and, you know, some of those failures and actually started having successful businesses, um, I decided to kind of put them under this um, umbrella, um, Dillard Hospitality, you know, for all of my restaurant ventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been here. I've been here in Atlanta for about 10 years. I uh, started a party bus company when I first moved here. You said party bus, um, a party bus company. Uh-huh. Now, yep. what, what exactly was that? Bus, party bus kings. <laughs> what, what exactly was that? Um, it, I owned party buses, and so people could rent the buses to take mm-hmm. them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was a really big thing, you know, back when I was doing it. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I was doing it, and I was doing it for about two or three years. It was it was fairly successful, you know. We uh, profited, you know, over six figures a year and things of that nature. But it wasn't something that I loved and something right. that I really enjoyed. Right. Um, and, and what I really love and enjoy doing is the actual the restaurants and the lounges, and so. Um, I saved my money from that business and was able to open up, um, which was my second lounge. I opened up my first lounge when I was 24, but um, my second one, which ended up being my first successful one, was the Hookah Hideaway, mm-hmm. which I owned right off of Auburn Avenue right. um, on Jesse Hill Junior Drive. And mm-hmm. so I um, started that business um, a couple years into that venture. I was... Um, able to connect with the rapper 2 Chainz. Um, I had wanted to do a second location. Mm-hmm. 
um, and the business people kind of linked us together, felt like we would be a good good pair to do business with each other, um, and they were right. Right. And, um, you know, we, we got together and we did Escobar Restaurant and Tapas. Uh, we later opened Members Only Lounge, which is right downtown as well. Um, and then I also own Crave um, solely by myself. It's a restaurant venture that I just opened a couple weeks ago at Little Five Points. You're too much now. You know, because you're not even stressing in this. I'm, I'm tired listening to you, Snoop. Somewhere <laughs> along the line, I got to stop you and say, first of all, you know, I went to Vanderbilt when I was 16, graduated when I was 20. Okay, she's just casually. I went to I went to University of Houston when I was 18. I graduated when I was 25. Okay, I'm just letting you know who you're talking to. Okay, I got a math degree, but I'm going to just slow you down now. I'm proud of my little degree, but I wasn't 16 and 20, okay? And then at 24, I opened my next restaurant, and then I had the party kings. We're making six figures, but I wasn't happy with the way I was making the six figures. Then I got in business with a rapper. We hit it right off, you know. Hit it. So now we got the, we got this, we got that. Then crazy, I decided to do that on my own. Now, let's talk about that. Let's talk about this. You're going to have a driver next year because I want you to live to you old and great. It's about that time. Okay. <laughs> Rashawn McDonald telling you right now, you never met me before, but you know I love you, girl, and I want you because you're doing stuff for the community. You're doing stuff for yourself. You're showing women a form of empowerment that you can do business, multi-levels of business, in the hospitality world, okay, which we know is a male-dominated world, okay, and so <laughs> and being successful. So, so. I jokingly just stopped you so you can hear yourself because people like me, like you, have a general tendency to just keep doing stuff but don't understand that what you're doing is not normal. Mm-hmm. You know that. You know what you're doing is not normal, correct? Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> and I think what you said is so true because a lot of times I think when you're a super motivated person and you're always doing a lot of things, you know, it, it definitely is really important to stop and smell your own roses, you know what I mean? You know, kind of give yourself that pat, pat on the back. You know, you do. A you lot do. of times we forget to do that, you know? You do, and I, and I think that's important. Uh, that's why I developed this show, because it was about being having a balanced life. You know, I didn't, I wasn't really understanding that, being able to, because I was just on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And sometimes you get nervous. Sometimes that nervousness drives you to the next, because you don't know if you miss out on an opportunity, will it come around? But, you know, your yeah. brand is such, Snoop, that, you know, I'm just looking at I'm just looking at now, you know, now it's just it's just it's protecting you. You know what I'm saying? Right, allowing right. you to sit back and and like I said, and you have the right to sit in the throne. You have the right to sit in the throne and understand these are the people who allow me to be great. And mm-hmm. because you've done the work, the, the, you've got you got the resume to justify that you are great. And so when I look at this, now tell us about the Crave restaurant here. It said Little Five Points. Tell us about that menu. Yeah, so Crave restaurant, it has a really unique concept behind it. What I did is I, I looked at the phenomenon that we have in here in Atlanta, which is, um, you know, most of the people here are not from here. You know, you've got a melting pot of people that come from different cities and countries and things of that nature. And so um, a lot of us that are born and raised here in Atlanta, we, we come from other cities and we've right. got signature dishes and things of that nature that these other cities are known for that a lot of people crave and miss, you know, once oh. they miss, once they move here. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of played off of that, and uh, we serve things like Maine Lobster Rolls, Philly Cheese Steaks, Detroit Coney Island, 
uh, Chicago guy rose. So I took items from popular cities around the country um, and just put them all together on a menu. And so, you know, you've got people coming in from Ohio that are used to their five-point skyline chili, mm-hmm. um, and they can they can literally get it right there at Crave, and it tastes, you know, just like it used to taste back at home. So um, that's the unique concept that I came up with at Crave. And like I said, we've been open for about two weeks. We'll be having our grand opening um, the end of this month. Okay, 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 cool. No, no, no. You know I got to I'm a foodie now. Now, Snoop, if you don't let me, if I'm not there for it, because, you know, I do this thing called Rushan Eats. This is my little, uh, I put it on my, I, I, I got almost a million followers, and I, I, I post popular restaurants, popular eateries that I go to, and, you know, you you my girl, so I, I, I got to be there to support you because of the oh, fact that definitely. this we menu. We got to have you come out and try some of this good food we got over come on, at Crave. Come on. Let's, let's do it before, you know, because you do like a little a little eatery thing, right, where we bring people in and sample. Yes, uh, we do. Uh-huh, yeah, we'll be doing that with the media. Um, I think we've got that scheduled for the 18th. I've got to check with, uh, okay, cool. with the team. But, yes, we definitely will be doing that, and we'll make sure that you're there. Okay, make sure you tell me what time. I have a flight out on the okay. 18th that night, but I will move it. I will move it for okay. you. Okay. Because I oh, know. Well, thank you. I'm going to tell, tell you something. Because I just love what you do. I love your brand. I love what you're trying to do. I, I know next time, I, if you have time, I know you're busy. You know, if you can come in the studio, we can talk long because you have such a fascinating Absolutely. story. You have such a Absolutely. great a great uh, position of where you, where you are in life. And you first of all, more importantly, you have a sense of humor, which I love the most. Um, she <laughs> is called Snoop. Who is Snoop? Tonight on her Instagram, you can find out. 8 p.m. Go to at who, at who is Snoop. And you can see a live giving you free advice on how to be successful. Snoop, thanks for coming on my show. And I want to be there on the 18th, okay? Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.